1075 WHMP. Grab your coat and get your hat. And welcome. Thanks for joining us on this Tuesday afternoon. It almost sounds like a winter forecast that that we uh, just heard. Hey, Dan Torres. How you doing, Buzz? How's the weather out there in Nashville? I'm doing okay. I'm I'm, uh, doing the show remotely again um, because of a little germ that I have contracted. Um, so as not to spread it all over the studio, here I am. Um, but I, have you fully recovered from Brazil having lost? Uh, Ooh. I will never recover from that, Buzz. It's going to take me another four years until the world next World Cup, and then I'll recover. No, it's okay. It happens. It's just a game in the end, you know. My initial feelings have, uh, have uh, slowly faded away, so I, I don't mind uh, Brazil losing. Uh, at this point, you know, it's uh, it's just a game, Buzz. Are you really Brazilian? And you have that attitude? <laughs> That's not my feeling. The day the game happened. Now the game has passed. <laughs> you have to think of the future and think about positive uh, feelings. You know, towards uh, the next World Cup here in the United States, in Canada, and in Mexico. Getting used to. It. That's all. Hey, I'm excited today, Dan. We have um, uh, right now. I, I don't know a lot about it because I'm up here in the hill towns, and I've heard you're an Amaris guy. I've heard about Common Share Food Co-op, and I think with us today is um, Monica Garcia, the business planning committee liaison, and Madeline Charney, the community engagement committee liaison. Let me. Throw the first question to Madeline Charney, who I think is also an academic librarian um, for decades um, and who also co-founded two thriving groups, the National Sustainability Roundtable and the Blue Marble Librarians, which is a group that supports social resilience in response to climate change, uh, something I think is incredibly important. So hello, Madeline. Hello. Good afternoon. Thanks for having us on the show. And yeah, I would be happy to tell you, yes, um, and also Monica and I are on the board of the Common Share Food Co-op as well. So let me tell you, you yes, we are really excited about this grocery store coming to Amherst. It will be owned by workers and consumers, drawing together the diverse communities of the Amherst area in an inclusive space supporting food justice and local resilience. That is our overall mission. And what makes us unique is that we will have more than a place to buy your groceries. We'll have a community space where people can gather to learn together, share a meal, and be a a place that's on a bus line. That is an imperative in our mission. And that we make it um, an accessible member-owner price. Anybody is welcome. You don't have to live in Amherst to join Yet you would be able to shop there even if you weren't a member. So um, that is kind of the basics. Where would you like me to go from there? Well, uh, it's sound, I mean, it, it's reading about it, it sounds terrific. It's, you know, anything that's local, we love our local heroes that grow food for us. It's sustainably grown, organic, and conventional produce and meats and dairy products. And you're going to have a small cafe area and a beer and wine section. So. Um, Whose brainchild was this, Monica Garcia, and who, um, by the way, you've been working in community organizing for over 20 years, I read, and working with worker cooperatives and community land trusts 
and that you're the director of undergraduate advising for the STEPIC program, which, by the way, Monica, I was the second graduating class of STEPIC back in the mid-70s, so that runs dear to my heart. But tell me how, how uh, the Common Share Food Co-op came about. Sure. Thanks again, yes, for having us on the show. And uh, it's great that we have STEPIC alum in the Valley to represent the program. Um, so the program, or the co-op rather, started um, several years ago now. It was the brainchild originally of a group of ambitious UMass students who um, started talking about it in 2011. Uh, they put out a call to interested community members. But the first um, actual meeting was held in 2012. And so that's when it started to um to, to kind of come together a bit in a more formalized way. It wasn't until 2014 that we actually held our first membership drive, and that's when, um, you know, we started drawing from a broader swath of the community um, and became an actually incorporated entity as a, as a cooperative business. So it's been in the works for uh, several years, but I would just highlight that that's actually fairly common for um, for food cooperative development across the country. Most food co-ops take about eight to ten years um, to get off the ground, and we unfortunately had the pandemic to contend with, so it definitely took us um, for a loop trying to figure out how to organize during that time. Um, but we did, and we had regular community meetings over Zoom, which um, was when I became involved personally, um, I was really impressed by how they, uh, the board at the time ran the meeting, how um, interested they were in listening to community members who may have been involved in the past or maybe brand new to the co-op. That kind of welcoming atmosphere was what drew me in and ultimately led uh, to me applying to, to be part of the board. Um, that was in 2021, so last year, yeah. So Monica Garcia, you, you, I know that there's some pretty uh, interesting stores that have organic produce uh, there in and around the Amherst and Hadley area, but what are the advantages of having a food co-op and why should people join? Great question. Um, so we chose a, a cooperative model because it's, it's a community-owned space that's driven by the unique needs and character of the community and it's devoted to community benefit. So no one is trying to enrich themselves um, in a cooperative. And that is distinctly different, um, I can say, than the, the major competitors that we would be facing once we open, which are you know, Whole Foods and um, some of the other grocery stores in town that do provide organic foods. Um, the <clears throat> one of the focus um, the focuses of the the co-op will be certainly to prioritize local foods um, and products, but it'll also be focused on community um, and community choice and, and interest. So the 
ben- one of the benefits of joining the uh, co-op as a member is that you can participate in its governance. You can run for a board seat. You can also vote on certain things that come up for a vote um, and decide, for example, um, a common thing that, that members vote on in other co-ops is if we are in a profitable year, uh, what do we do with those profits? Do we give them to uh, different community groups? Do we invest it back into the cooperative? Do we expand the cooperative, et cetera? So those are two important ways that, that folks um, can benefit. But they also could uh, eventually, when the cooperative becomes profitable over the course of several years, receive dividends um, as well directly. You know, members would directly receive them. Um, but then, as Madeline mentioned, there's going to be a community gathering space, so people will be able to use that space in different ways, maybe having cooking classes, maybe holding political meetings, maybe holding um, any number of organizing um, events may be um, held there. So those are just some of the reasons why it would be helpful um, or uh, advantageous to become a member. It's also just an important, I think, I think, um, opportunity for people to support a local venture, um, a way to support the broader uh, cooperative movement that's so uh, prevalent in Western Massachusetts specifically. Um, it's Dan. Mm-hmm. I, have, I have a quick question for you. Um, I, kn- I know you've probably been asked this quite a bit, but what is a cooperative and how are you different than a Whole Foods or River Valley Market and other uh, supermarkets in this area? Great question. Uh, I, Madeline, do you I want can to take that one? one? Yes, this is what excites me. We all will be co-owners of this enterprise together, which, like Monica said, we all have a voice. We have voting. This is a place that we grow and steward together. So to me, that means choice. And I personally don't feel like we have enough choice in this society, let's say in particular in our food systems and what's available to us, we can decide as a community what we want and need in terms of inventory and what happens in that space. And to me, that's really empowering and very inclusive. And it's not a a corporate thumb that we're under when we make choices about how to spend our time and money. Oh my gosh, democratic governance, what a novel idea. (laughs) Oh, and may I, I ask you, Madeline, because you have this strong, I'm sorry, who did I interrupt? Well, because you mentioned democracy, I really want to point out that the way that we are structured, our governance of the board and all of our circles, we use a practice called sociocracy, which is a self-governing model where all voices are heard. So, for example, In any of our meetings, when we have a decision to make, there's not one louder voice overpowering. We have a process we go through about proposing something, and then we do a round of clarifying questions where each person is called on. We respond to to the proposal as it's being shaped, and when we vote, people can object. They're welcome to object, and then together the group can tweak a proposal and arrive at a way to move forward with a project, for example, in a way that everybody can live with, can consent to. So it's called a consent process as opposed to many groups operate by consensus and things are more likely perhaps to get stuck 
we can move through processes with a lot of compassion and listening to one another. A, a wonderful aspiration. <clears throat> Excuse me. Um, Madeline, I wanted to go back to you. You have this strong background in sustainability and climate change um, advocacy. Could you talk about that in the context of this co-op? Well, sure. I mean, there's a lot of ways that our our store is in alignment with, let's call it, sustainability values. For example, transportation. In order to get there, you can take public transportation. That's great for the environment and also in terms of accessibility and, and um, access for people. Also, the whole piece of local food, of course, means fewer food miles that are being um, spent to bring the food to our door. And you know, the choices that we'll make, we, we hope to source from farmers locally that use sustainable practices as well. So maybe um, there are a lot of farmers in this area that are using no-till practices. So we will also educate people in the store. There can be all kinds of learning opportunities, signage, so people feel like we are in this area, we're in this beautiful valley. I'm actually sitting on the 16th floor of the Du Bois Library at UMass Amherst. I'm looking out at the Holyoke Range. So like really feeling place-based and that that's meaningful to us as a community, that we care about the place where we live, work, and play. Uh, Buzz, I had one, one final question here before we take a break. Um, can you tell us a little bit about the, the challenges you may foresee in creating a affordable place and still operating all the costs that you're likely to, to incur uh, once this place is, uh, begins to open to the public? Sure, that's a great question and, and definitely at the forefront of our planning and conversations about um, <clears throat> how the, the business component will function. Um, it, it is a challenge. There's no skirting around that. Um, we want to be able to um, have worker owners who are paid well and fairly, and we want to. And we need to uh, pay the farmers and producers um, uh, fairly as well. Uh, I think it's going to um, require a lot of um, conversations with other food co-ops across the country who have who have uh, walked that line for many years now. There's, there are actually quite a few food co-ops across the country who have been you know, in, in business for decades, and so we have a lot to learn from them. Um, I think it, it also means that we have to be um, mindful that we need a mix of different products available so that it, it's not um, that we only offer one priced, one uh, product that that's a single price so that we have um, a variety of options for folks so that they can choose based on their specific needs. Um, but it is a, a challenge. There's no doubt about that. So we are going to take a break, but before we do, Monica Garcia, could you tell us how, if someone wishes to become a member owner or a worker for that matter, how do they get in touch with you? Yes, absolutely. Um, we have a website that is commonsharefood.coop, which is C-O-O-P at the end, not, co not .com, it's .coop. And on that webpage, um, you will see a um, uh, button that you can click on that says become a member or join the co-op. 
and there'll be a prompt explaining instructions on how to become a member. And I hope that we can, I know that we have to go to break soon, but I hope we can also explain some of the different um, options for folks. Absolutely, I promise when we come back from break, we'll do that right away, make sure that we don't forget to do that. We are talking to Monica Garcia, Madeline Charney, both are board members um, for the Common Common Share Food Co-op. It shouldn't be hard to say, Common Share Food Co-op. We're gonna be back right after these messages. Please stay with us. This is the Afternoon Buzz with Buzz Eisenberg, 101.5 WHMP. The belly full, but we hungry. A hungry mob is a hungry mob. A rain of fall, but... Does a criminal defendant or their lawyer have to tell the prosecutor or the judge what the defense is going to be? The Massachusetts Supreme Judicial Court had a lot to say about this in a case it decided last week, and the successful defense attorney in that case, Joe Schneiderman, will be our guest Wednesday at 9 o'clock. Get in on the conversation. Bill Newman, weekdays at 9 and again at 5. WHMP News, Information, and the Arts. Sipping and shopping and strolling this Thursday in downtown Amherst. It's a party all over town. Restaurants doing dinner deals. Downtown merchants all aglow. There's a maker's market inside the Drake with a bar. Horse-drawn carriage rides through town. And if you have so much fun, it wears you out, which is very likely because that's the kind of fun this is going to be. Book a room at the Inn on Boltwood for only $99. Sip and shop and stroll. Who's ready to party? This Thursday, 5 to 9 in downtown Amherst. Do you know what's happening this Friday at 9 a.m.? Is this week's Shop Friday local burgers and fries? Correct! They go on sale this Friday at 9 a.m. Full value gift certificates and you save 30%. Local burgers and fries, spiked milkshakes, and more. It's not fast food. It's good food. Fast. Get ready to save 30% beginning Friday at 9 a.m. The Shop 30 store at whmp.com. I'm Tony Warden, President and Chief Executive Officer of Greenfield Cooperative Bank. I want to wish everyone a happy holiday season and a safe and healthy new year. This is Mary Ross of the Co-op Bank, wishing all our customers, my family and friends, a very happy and joyful holiday season. This is Chelsea. And this is Maggie from the Commercial Loan Department. We want to wish our family, friends and customers a very Merry Christmas and a Happy New Year. Hi, this is Jane Wolfe, Senior Vice President of Residential Lending at Greenfield Cooperative Bank. I'd like to wish you and your family a wonderful holiday season and a prosperous new year. Hi, this is Missy Tatro, Assistant Vice President and Senior Mortgage Originator at Greenfield Cooperative Bank. I'd like to wish everyone a safe and happy holiday season. Hi, I'm Dawn. And I'm Erica from the Florence Branch of Northampton Cooperative Bank. We We would would like like to extend our best wishes to our customers, families, and friends for a happy holiday season and a happy new year. Cheers. If your Spanish-speaking employees spoke better English, would that be good for business? If your English-speaking employees spoke a little Spanish, would that be good for business? The International Language Institute delivers workplace language training, improving communication among coworkers and with customers. You get financial assistance with the Massachusetts Workplace Training Express Fund. They cover 50 to 100% of the cost. So let's get going. Call or email the International Language Institute in downtown Northampton. 
This is the Afternoon Buzz with Buzz Eisenberg, 101.5 WHMP. And we are back talking with Monica Garcia and with Madeline Charney. We're talking about the Common Share Food Co-op, and I, we were talking about membership. Monica, you have some goals for signing up uh, owner members, or member owners, I think you call them, by the end of 2022. And could you talk to us about that and the various options for membership? Absolutely. We are... Um We've got 871 members as of right now. Hopefully, by the uh, it, by speaking to you, we'll get a, a bunch more. Um, our goal is to reach 900 by the end of the year. And folks often ask us about, um, you know, why become a member before the store opens, um, which is a very valid question, reasonable. Um, it, it's for a number of reasons. One is because we. Um, the membership really becomes part of the driving force and decision-making force for the, the co-op. That's where we draw board members from and circle uh, members from. That's also who volunteers when we, we work on different projects. That's the group that's going to be making decisions about various next steps. So it's important to have people engaged before we even open. It also is helpful um, in terms of fundraising. So we have a, quite a complex internal structure that needs to be um, paid for in different ways. We, for example, hire uh, business consultants to help us uh, create a business plan. Um, and then the final large reason, I would say, uh, for joining before the store opens is because we um, can take uh, that number – that 800, that 900, that 1,000 member mark and say to lenders, look, we've got a customer base that's ready to go on day one. We know that the community wants this. We've done our, our, our homework. We've done our organizing. So I would really encourage folks to consider becoming a member now as we inch closer and closer to opening the store. And um, as we mentioned earlier, one of our um, primary concerns is inclusivity, wanting to make sure that everyone can participate in the co-op, um, regardless of your um, uh, socioeconomic status, certainly um, regardless of where you live. You don't need to live in Amherst to become a member. So we have different options on the website that you'll see when you go to commonsharefood.coop. Um, one is the single uh, one-time payment that's a large lump sum. Um, but then there are also uh, monthly payment plans that you can choose that reduce, um, you know, the, the immediate impact on your pocketbook. Um, but we also have um, a limited income solidarity share for folks that have self-identified as uh, limited income or fixed income folks. Um, and we have uh, a BIPOC solidarity share as well for folks who self-identify as black, indigenous, or a person of color. Um, so those are different and options. And it's common share, commonsharefood.coop. I wanted to close with you, Madeline, and looking at, at your, um, your history here, your commitment to community. I, I know I live here in Ashfield. We have about 17, 1,800 people here. And it is so wonderful for me to go to the transfer station or up to the post office or into town hall and bump into people and work with people that are neighbors and people that I know who, um, you know, we may not see the world through exactly the same lens, but we see our community through the similar lenses. And 
I just want to know what the food co-op, the vision that you have for bringing people together who are going to be working together and bumping into each other at the aisle. Yes, definitely. Uh, we envision it as our village, which is open to everybody, and that it will be a place that is transparent, inclusive, and it's not competing with other co-ops, but working, like Monica said, in solidarity. And to that end, we also are very much value input from the community now. We're going to have three community listening sessions at the UU Society in downtown Amherst. I'll just say the dates are February 15th, March 8th, and April 12th at 5.30. There'll be food and some music, and we want to use that time to hear even more what the community is needing and wanting in their local grocery store and community space. And I also want to say an email address is another way to contact us. It's info at commonsharefood.coop. We welcome your ideas and really hope that people will consider becoming member owners now as we move toward the store opening. Info at commonsharefoodcoop. It dot is co uh, commonsharefood.coop yes. and commonsharefood dot co-op is how you can go to the website and find out more about a food co-op there in Amherst, Massachusetts. I want to really thank you, Monica Garcia. I want to thank you, Madeline Charney, for joining us today. Um, I think it's a wonderful idea. The Amherst community is so well suited for it. And um, uh, we all believe in self-governance and uplifting community uh, cooperation. So thank you. Thank you Thank so much. You. Okay, we're going to be back. We're going to be talking about Franklin County Chamber, which promotes local retailers. Here we are just before Christmas. We want to highlight as many local places to buy instead of using that dreadful internet to send your dollars somewhere else. Stay with us. This is the Afternoon Buzz with Buzz Eisenberg, 101.5 WHMP. For WHMP News, I'm Jess Tyler. Northampton High School now has a new principal after a month-long search. William Worley will assume the role beginning January 3rd. Worley brings more than 30 years of experience to the job and was formerly principal at Pioneer Valley Regional School and vice principal at Amherst Regional High School. Worley replaces Lori Valiancourt, who resigned following an internal investigation. The town of Hadley will have a new bus stop to make transit to the malls safer. PVTA has reconfigured the bus route and bus stop to help get shoppers to the Mountain Farms and Hampshire malls effective immediately. Director of Operations for PVTA, Paul Burns, says the new bus stop will be at the backside of Walmart. In fall 2019, PVTA temporarily suspended picking people up at the Mountain Farms Mall because the stop there was no longer deemed safe. A Hampshire County Superior Court judge rejected an involuntary manslaughter plea from a former Amherst man charged with the death of his infant son. Isaac Villalobos offered to change his plea from not guilty to guilty. Judge Richard Carey said it would be a quantum leap from evidence prosecutors presented to meet the burden of proof. The infant died after being given adult sleep medication in the early morning hours of September 15, 2019. A status hearing is scheduled for December 28th.
The official school portrait of former Amherst College President Biddy Martin is now complete. A ceremony was held at Johnson Chapel on Friday for the unveiling, which is a portrait photo by famed photographer Annie Leibovitz. Biddy, the college's first female president, said being the president of Amherst College for 11 years will always have been the most rewarding thing she's done. Hi, I'm Nick Oresco. Mostly sunny this afternoon with temperatures in the upper 30s to near 40. Another cold night tonight with lows in the teens. Another bright day tomorrow with temperatures in the mid to upper 30s. I'm Nick Oresco on 101.5 WHMP. Hey, what's up? It's Jason with the Weather Channel and SnowCountry.com. One of the best savings rates in America is another reason banking with Capital One is the easiest decision. What's in your wallet? Terms apply. See CapitalOne.com slash bank. Capital One N.A. Member FDIC. Well, hundreds of snow guns have been running nonstop since the weekend, and with more cold days ahead, we'll see more new trails coming aboard each day, and we're even finding early season pack powder cruising thanks to the recent fresh snow. With Chusett picked up a couple of inches from that last snowfall, a half dozen runs skiing till 7. Stratton and Killington each got a few fresh inches, over 30 trails for Killington, 20 miles of downhill terrain. Smuggler's Notch, Waterville Valley each got a couple of inches. Bretton Woods got about an inch from that last snowfall. They're skiing about a half dozen trails and this report brought to you by smugglers notch vermont america's family resort where family funds guaranteed visit smugs.com hey you can check out some more at snowcountry.com i'm jason dean when it's happening here in the valley we're talking about it we have a very unique and lethal combination of emboldened white supremacy in this country and unfettered access to guns we need to keep talking about the intersection of white supremacy and guns. Guns are used in order to you know, elicit fear and power and control by white supremacists. And it's not an issue that's going away easily. 101.5, 1400 and 1240. We are the Valley. We are WHMP. Some people know how to prepare seafood. Seafood's delicate. You don't want a heavy hand. Some people have the touch. Some of those people are in the kitchen at Paul and Elizabeth's restaurant, where there's a 40-year tradition of preparing seafood, wisdom passed along through the years. That's why when you have fish and chips at Paul and Elizabeth's, or Faroe Island salmon, or tempura shrimp with that light and lively orange ginger sauce, it's perfect every time. Fresh seafood, Paul and Elizabeth's, inside Thorns in downtown Northampton. This is the Afternoon Buzz with Buzz Eisenberg, 101.5 WHMP. Welcome back and thank you for rejoining us, those who are with us for the first half. Um, and for those who are just joining us, thank you. Uh, it's that time of year, last week. Um, my spouse and I uh, generated our, our gift list um, for family and friends and community uh, folks, uh, both for for Hanukkah, for Christmas, for Kwanzaa. And I, uh, we do everything we can to try to um, shop locally and to not use the dreaded internet where our dollars go far off and far away to benefit somebody else's coffers. Um, so who better to talk to us than the Franklin County Chamber Executive Director, Jesse Dean, who is joining us by phone. Thank you for joining us, Jesse. Glad to be here, Buzz, and thank you for supporting local. Well, local heroes, we're big on it on this show. So we have Western Franklin County, Central Franklin County, um, and Eastern Franklin County. So tell us about the Chamber, first of all, and what it does to support our local retailers. 
Sure. So the Franklin County Chamber of Commerce has been in operation since 1919. This is our 104th year. And we really work as a collective of business leaders working to improve the community and the area's business and cultural climate. We are really working to promote uh, civic and economic vitality across the 26 towns in Franklin County. And there's a lot of businesses spread out over our, you know, fairly large county. I think we have 50, uh, we have 27 uh, different municipalities, I believe. And um, they're very diverse and each of them have a little village center, a business center and a variety of manufacturers and retailers. So talk to us about Franklin County. You're right. So there's a lot to see and do in Franklin County. And I love that you really called out the uniqueness of each of the 26 towns. Um, you know, Franklin County is so special, and we were lucky to have more than 450 members just of the chamber. But there's so many great small businesses to promote here. Um, and really, as we all know, small business is the bread and butter of our local economy. And so as a chamber, we really see our job to not only support small business owners, but also to increase tourism. So one thing that's also important to know about the chamber is that we are also the regional tourism council for Franklin County. So we are one of one of 16 RTCs in the state of Massachusetts tasked with promoting tourism here to Franklin County, which brings in about $79 million each year. Wow. I'm actually surprised by that number. Yeah. So it's, it's a good it's, number, I, right? Yeah, that's, that's an important piece because I think, you know, we really, as someone who's grown up and um, lived in Franklin County my whole life, it's easy to forget that there's so many folks that travel here and also help support and bolster our local economy. So if we join that effort, um, I think we're, we're really going to see you know, there's so many benefits of shopping locally. Of course, we know that when you shop locally, you stimulate the local economy. You help reduce your carbon footprint. You create more jobs, right? We also know that local businesses donate 250% more than large businesses to local nonprofits. And, of course, you know, there's also the concept that you get better customer service. I mean, we're not just shopping from local businesses. We're shopping from our neighbors, and so there's so many um, local business owners that are willing to go that extra mile. And there's just, there's so many benefits of shopping locally, especially here in Franklin County. I mean, we are, we are so rich with some really great local artisans. I mean, if you think about one-of-a-kind gifts, there's no better stop than, you know, Goose Divine Energy in Greenfield or the Sawmill River Arts Gallery in Montague. There's so many wonderful um, kind of crafts at Crafts of Coleraine. There's so many great crafts and artisan gifts here in Franklin County, um, which kind of attracts a, a unique visitor, right? We're also known for our, our vintage shops, which there's, that's a surprising trend I think we're seeing locally is how many folks are giving gifts from the past, right? Um, and we have so many great secondhand shops here in Franklin County, and then, you know, there's also some really great um, shops like Baker's Office Supply, which has so much more than office supplies. I just got some really great Legos there for Christmas. Don't tell my son. Um, and then we have Plum and Greenfield. We have, of course, you know, there's the bigger retailers like Yankee Candle. I mean, what better Christmas stop than Yankee Candle? 
Um, but we really are rich with such a diverse and eclectic retail space here in Franklin County that there is so many wonderful shops to visit. So how many members are there in terms of retailers or businesses? How many members are there of the chamber? So we're, we're right around 450. 450? Yes. That's so much bigger than I thought. It's really fantastic. I mean, I, as I said, I live in here in Ashfield. Um, we're a small town, but we have, I could name businesses. We have, you know, Ed Branson, who has a great, a great uh, glass blower. Um, and we have the Cranston Christmas Tree Farm, and we have our local, you know, uh, cafes and pizza house, and our wonderful a little hardware store, and there are these home occupations as well. And I know every right. town has that. Could you talk a little bit more about lowering our carbon footprints by shopping locally? Sure. And I will say, too, one of my most favorite holiday memories happened at the Cranston Christmas Tree Farm. Um, my husband and I, two years ago, ventured off at dusk and decided to uh, get our Christmas tree and the middle of a snowstorm at dusk with three small children. So if you're looking to t for a time to visit the Cranston Christmas Tree Farm, it is not at 5 p.m. Uh, in the middle of a snowstorm. <laughs> I can tell you that from experience. Well, unless it's June. <laughs> right, unless it's, unless it's June, that's right. So I guess really when we're thinking about, to answer your question, the carbon footprint, the word, you know, of course, is, is transportation and small businesses tend to make more local purchases. I think one of the things, one of my favorite parts about Franklin County is the partnerships that we see between business owners. We're really looking to collaborate locally, which that, of course, requires less transportation, less pollution, less congestion, um, and it really just does reduce the traffic footprint um, and of course, we're we're keeping things domestic when we shop locally, which is the best part. And it also provides local employment, so that people don't have to hop in a car and drive into the valley or into the Berkshires. Um, there's local opportunities right here. We are speaking with Jesse Dean, the executive director of the Franklin County Chamber. It is Christmas time, folks. It is Hanukkah time. It's Kwanzaa time. It's time to look right here in your villages, right here in Franklin County to see what we can buy for the people we love. We're gonna be back with Jesse and talk more about the chamber and what it offers right after these messages. Stay with us. This is the Afternoon Buzz with Buzz Eisenberg, 101.5 WHMP. Western Mass Business Show with local Dynamo T.
Tara Brewster, Saturdays at 11 and Sundays at 2, only on WHMP. Brought to you by Greenfield Savings Bank, with offices all throughout Hampshire and Franklin counties. Greenfieldsavings.com. The Western Mass Business Show with Tara Brewster, WHMP. Part of what I love about being a therapist in community mental health is really getting to know people who are from really different backgrounds, including serving people who are the most vulnerable. Dan is a therapist at ServiceNet. There's a culture of thinking more deeply about the work we're doing. And for me, when I do that, that feels really good. If you're a licensed mental health clinician who wants to make your own hours while also being part of a progressive community mental health team, join us at ServiceNet. Go to the employment page at servicenet.org. At American National, we understand the tried and true farm and ranch lifestyle, and what's important to you is important to us. You deserve an insurance plan custom made to meet all the specific needs of your agribusiness operation. American National offers flexible farm and ranch policies with package options to help better protect your livelihood. We're right by your side. For more information and to connect with a local American National agent, just visit AmericanNational.com. American National Property and Casualty Company and Affiliates, Springfield, Missouri. Most of us participate in sports like the weekly golf game, tennis match, trail run, or ski outing. Whether you're a high school, collegiate, or professional athlete, or weekend warrior, the same rules apply. Follow an exercise regimen that will help you build a strong foundation and prevent injury in the first place. I'm Dr. Connor Ziegler, sports medicine specialist and board-certified orthopedic surgeon at New England Orthopedic Surgeons. Sports medicine is my passion, and my surgical specialty involves arthroscopic and open procedures of the shoulder, elbow, hip, and knee. One of the most common injuries I treat are anterior cruciate ligament or ACL tears, which typically occur from non-contact twisting injuries in a variety of sports. Not infrequently, ACL tears occur with injury to other structures as well. At New England Orthopedic Surgeons, we offer comprehensive management of your condition no matter the severity. But if you find that you've experienced an injury, my surgical team is dedicated to providing outstanding care to help you recover and get you back in the game. For more information, visit neortho.com. When it's happening here in the Valley, we're talking about it. What, what I'm trying to communicate is that there are many, many layers of, of safety management in place at Eversource to ensure that we reduce as much risk as, as possible. Does the Bliss Street Station intentionally vent gas regularly? Because I can tell you that it vents gas. Pretty much every time I've gone to that area, I have smelled gas. 1015, 1400, and 1240. We are the Valley. We are WHMP. This is the Afternoon Buzz with Buzz Eisenberg, 101.5 WHMP. 12 days till Christmas, four days till Hanukkah, and uh, Kwanzaa is right in front of us. And uh, it is time to think of uh, shopping and um, also time to think about when school is out, when we get off from our jobs, there's lots to see and for people to invite to come up to this region. Franklin County is so beautiful this time of year. Now we have a little bit of snow and we're expecting a little bit more. And so we have the Franklin County Chamber Executive Director Jesse Dean with us talking about Franklin County and its commerce. So I wanted to ask you before we uh, leave, Jesse, to tell us about this gift, this Franklin gift 
pro card program that you have. What is that? Oh, Buzz, I'm so glad you asked. So the Franklin County Chamber of Commerce has a Franklin County gift card, which is really one of the best ways to support local. So it's one gift card that can be used at more than 40 different retailers across Franklin County. And we have all kinds of local businesses on the gift card, everyone from Adventure East to Floral Affairs to Greenfield Games, uh, Mesa Verde, Roundabout Books, Ryan and Casey, Sweet Lucy's, Zor, The Rendezvous, Plum. There's there's 40 different retailers and restaurants um, available through the gift card. And it just it's a great way to give a gift that you know will stay locally and support the local economy and also that the person you're giving to will love because they have endless uses. It really sounds like an easy and uh, effective and community-oriented way to, to shop for Christmas. Um, you have some events that are, that are upcoming. What, what are they? Uh, we have our Citizen of the Year breakfast on Friday, which we're really thrilled about. Um, we will be announcing who the 2022 Citizen of the Year is, and that's sponsored by the Greenfield Recorder. So we're really thrilled about that. And then we also, as part of our, our networking that we do at the Chamber, we have breakfast every month. Uh, so we have another breakfast in January, which is going to spotlight local business owners who uh, left and then returned to open a business in Franklin County. And then February is one of my favorite breakfasts of the year. It's the I Love My Job breakfast, where we hear from local business owners and local business folks who love their jobs and the reasons why. Oh, that is great. Well, as far as the Citizen of the Year thing, I'd like to thank you in advance for naming you Citizen of the Year. <laughs> Just kidding. You're not supposed to tell. You're not you don't have to, to laugh so Friday. hard, Jesse. <laughs> it, so I talk will to tell us about the tour. It is a, it is a secret, I, but this I, I year's Citizen is especially wonderful. I know. Whoever it is would be well-deserving of the honor. Um, talk to us about the Tourism Council. Sure. So, um, as I said, uh, the Franklin County Chamber of Commerce also operates as the Regional Tourism Council, and I think that's one of um, the the parts of the chamber that's less well known locally. You know, there is so much work that the Ch Franklin County Chamber does to promote tourism in Franklin County, um, and because of some of the regulations around how we have to spend those advertising dollars, it's not always felt locally. Um, so we are actually spending hundreds of thousands of dollars to attract uh, tourism to Franklin County every year. And actually in April, before I came on board, um, we completely redesigned our tourism brand with the concept of more to Franklin County. So we hired a really wonderful local firm, um, Transit Authority Figures out of Northampton, and they really helped us get down to the nuts and bolts of what Franklin County um, means to the visitors who love it so much. And, you know, one of the themes that kept coming up is that it's there's always more to do, there's always more to see. And so we really kind of dove into the idea of more to Franklin County. And so we are actually in the process right now of creating an entire website uh, where folks can come and plan their, their Franklin County trip. And it's as easy as can be because we have so many wonderful tourist destinations that actually um, 
we have about 800,000 visits to Franklin County a year. I know that uh, the chamber was there in the center of Greenfield for a long time. It's now there in uh, historic Deerfield. And I know that you have this new visitors information center. Um, so could you tell us a little bit about that and what role it plays in promoting tourism? Sure. So the, the chamber did uh, move locations from downtown Greenfield to historic Deerfield. That move happened in February. And, you know, there's a lot of benefits about bopping around Franklin County. You know, we were in Greenfield for so long. Right now we're in Deerfield. And I think one of my favorite parts about this job is that I'm very rarely in the office, right? If I, I think if I'm doing this job correctly, I should be out and about quite a bit. So we do have a visitor's information center here at uh, the chamber offices at 79 Old Main Street in Deerfield where folks can pop in and grab some really great information about all of the wonderful destinations in Franklin County. Um, but I'm also really strong, um, thrilled with our partnerships that we have with our, our member businesses. So really, whether you go to Crump and Fox or you're going to the Bridge of Flowers, there's really great tourist information sprinkled all over Franklin County. Well, and you, um, what can people do if they want to uh, find listings for jobs that are available in the region? Does the chamber help with that in any way? We do. So we have a job posting listed on our website, which is franklincc.org. And that's really kind of a one-stop shop for all that's happening in Franklin County. You can uh, look up our member directory and get referrals for different local businesses. You can check out our gift card program. You can see job openings. You can learn more about relocating to Franklin County. It's all right there at franklincc.org. And if people want to support the chamber, how do they do that? So if people would like to support the chamber, the best way to do that is to support local. So whether it's the Franklin County gift card or just going into your favorite Franklin County retailer and buying a uh, gift card or buying a gift or refueling at a Franklin County restaurant, that's the best way to support the chamber because the chamber's role is to support economic vitality. So the more folks that we have that are, you know, helping to boost our local economy, the better. Um, and if you would like to join the chamber, you can you can head over to our website at franklincc.org, or you can give us a call. All of our contact information is right on the website. Jesse, I think with the couple of minutes that we have left, um, we we all talk about. And there, I think there's over 70,000 people who live in Franklin County. And so many use the World Wide Web to do their shopping. Can you talk about the difference between shopping local and uh, doing it by cyberspace? Sure. So I think one of the most important keys here is that many of our local retailers do offer online shopping. So if you are looking for the convenience of shopping from your home, Check to make sure that, that you, you can't buy it locally first because a lot of our, our businesses do offer online shopping. Um, but I think, you know, whether or not you're shopping in person, there's so many wonderful ways to support our local small businesses that are not necessarily the exchange of money. So, you know, you can always uh, share on social media. You can leave a positive review on Google you can interact with um, businesses' social media profiles. That's really helpful. You can make a referral. 
um, and you can help you can help encourage kind of local um, local retail traffic by, like I said, buying a gift card or um, stopping in and grabbing a bite to eat. Well, that is a great place to leave it. it, it we were talking to Executive Director Jesse Dean. It is the Franklin County uh, Chamber. You can find it online by just putting in franklincc.org or the Franklin County Chamber. I mean, I have to stick in Massachusetts since there are Franklin counties here and there. Jesse, thank you so much for joining us today. Thank you so much for having me. This has been great. All right. It's been great for us, too. Uh, Dan, I miss being in the studio with you, but since I uh, caught these, this bug... Uh, hey, Dan, do you know how to stay free of germs um, during this holiday season? Oh, I feel there's one of your famous jokes, but please do tell, Buzz. Santasizers. Oh, good one. <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> We're going to be back tomorrow with more of my wonderful humor. Do join us, Dan. Have a great evening. You, you too, Buzz. Listeners. Stay safe. This is the Afternoon Buzz with Buzz Eisenberg, 101.5 WHMP. Live and local news and talk for Northampton and the Valley since 1950. WHMP Northampton. WHMQ Greenfield. A Northampton Radio Group Station.